Good evening. Welcome to Mary Queen of Peace Parish as we celebrate the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. This month in the Taste and See column, you can read about our music ministry and how it is an integral part of our liturgies, parish events, and community. Over the next few weeks, we will also share more about the different groups within the music ministry and how we use music to bring the community together. Next Sunday, the Young Adult Ministry will attend the 9 a.m. Mass, and afterwards they will head to the Double Wide Grill for brunch. See the bulletin for additional information about Mass and brunch, and also how you can get involved with this ministry. We are singing new music for the Gospel and the Eucharistic Prayer this summer. You can find it in you can find it in the inside back cover of your hymnal. Though the formal requirement for masking has been lifted, we invite you to make your own choice to continue masking and or social distancing. Assisting us today as our lectors are Joanne Paradise and Mary Kay Bolbeck. Our altar server is John Vallet. I am your cantor, Anne Payne. Our, organ our organist is Carol Aceta, and our celebrant is Father Michael Stumpf. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession and join with each other in singing our opening hymn, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, number 567 in the blue hymnal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Again, welcome everyone celebrating this 15th Sunday of Ordinary Time, knowing that we continue to be called as the Lord's disciples and with one another to follow more closely in the radical way of discipleship. And so as we begin, we know how much we must open our hearts to God's mercy. That mercy may touch our lives, our relationships, and our world. Lord Jesus, you've called us to follow. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you fill us with your mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you send us forth to share your kingdom, your mercy. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. We together glorify God as we say. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, 
Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. O oh God, who showed the light of truth to those who go astray so that we will return to right paths, give all who for faith they profess are accounted Christian the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ and to strive after all that does the name of Christ honor. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, if only you heed the voice of the Lord your God and keep his commandments and statutes that are written in this book of the law, when you return to the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul. For this command that I enjoin on you today is not too mysterious or remote for you. It is not up in the sky that you should say, who will go to the sky to get it for us and tell us of it that we may carry it out? Nor is it across the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea and get it for us and tell us of it that we may carry it out? No, it is something very near to you, already in your mouths and in your hearts. You have only to carry it out. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh,
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your being, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds and bandaged them. Then he lifted him on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day, he took up he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, the one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Of the gospel of the Lord. 
praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is unacceptable. Discipleship, that is. Discipleship, if we're following the Lord, sometimes means doing and being things that are considered unacceptable, especially sometimes when those things are motivated as they should be out of love and mercy. There's a dimension of discipleship that will always be unacceptable, a dimension of the gospel that will always be unacceptable. Um, so during these summer months, as we're journeying along as disciples, I I'm trying to stir you up. So <laughs> we'll see if that works or not, right? Last weekend, I, I preached about um, how the, uh, actually the gospel message and discipleship is anti-establishment, right? Again, one of those words that I'm not talking about anarchist, right? But it is anti-establishment. And, and if, you're, if you're interested in hearing about that, just go back to YouTube or go back to the podcast, take a listen in. But all during the summer months here, I'm just going to try to stir up discipleship a little deeper, right? Stir up a little bit in our minds and hearts. And so, yes, there's something about discipleship that really, if we're really living out of love and mercy, is going to be unacceptable to many. Now, if you think I'm crazy, and you probably do, but if you think I'm crazy, let me put it a bit in the context of what we hear in the Word of God in our teaching and our faith. So we are now with Jesus in Luke's Gospel. And a couple of weekends ago, there's this turning point in Luke's Gospel, and then this is the lens from which we are with Jesus and following him as disciples now all through ordinary time, all through these summer months, all the way up until we get actually to Lent itself or the end of the liturgical year, right? And so we're walking with Jesus, and that pivotal moment was literally a pivot. Jesus turned his direction, his face. It says he, he resolutely determined to go to Jerusalem. And so now what's happening, we have Jesus who is focused, particularly on the conclusion of his ministry, focused on the fullness and what he will do to live and to, and to become the fullness of God's kingdom in our midst. The end of Jerusalem, of course, means his full self-giving life, death and resurrection. And so now these journeys that we continue to walk with him are going to show us particular, very challenging, very encouraging ways of what it means to be his follower and disciple because he's trying to focus us on the kingdom of God as well. And so if you recall, once he turned his face disposition, once he resolutely determined to focus on the kingdom in Jerusalem, he's basically challenged the call to discipleship, basically saying you cannot put your hand on the plow and look back. You must follow with me. There's nothing that's more important than the kingdom of God, not even your families, right? That was two weekends ago. Last weekend, we heard him speak about the depth of discipleship that was encouraging and challenging because he sent them forth. He didn't just call them to follow. He's already sent them. He sent 72 ahead of him, go into every town and place, proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand, take nothing with you, do not rely on your own self, your own establishment, right? And focus on the kingdom of God. And so because Jesus has resolutely determined to focus on the kingdom, it's, it's going to get more and more radical as time goes on, as we walk with him. Now we hear a scholar of the law approach him. And the scholar of the law, notice, says to test him. And then Jesus asks about the law, the commandment, love the Lord your God with your whole and your neighbor as yourself. But then he goes on, not just to test, but also it says in order to justify himself, he goes on further and says, who is my neighbor, right? So just a bit of the context of what's happening and what's going on here right now. There's a lot of things about this parable that are unacceptable. As a matter of fact, this parable, as all parables, are supposed to actually stir us up in some way. It's actually supposed to disturb us. 
it's actually supposed to try to break us out. All parables, all these stories of Jesus have some sort of twist to them. There's something about them that isn't, doesn't seem exactly logical. And that's part of the point and the purpose of what a parable is supposed to do. They're supposed to kind of like break through that hardened heart, those hardened minds, that shell, those walls that we've created, the things that we think are right, so that we can actually get an experience of what God is really all about and God's kingdom. It's supposed to break open for us something in our minds and hearts. And of course, this parable is no different. And so some of the things, first of all, that are unacceptable. First of all, Jesus is unacceptable, right? right? This is a scholar of the law approaching him and testing him. He's unacceptable because he's not, uh, he's not a priest. He's not a, he's not a scholar. He's not a doctor of the law. He's not, he's not fitting the normal way of thinking or the way of being in the Jewish tradition and the Jewish faith, right? He's not that. So that, that's unacceptable. Other things that are unacceptable. The Samaritan is unacceptable. And I think most of us know a little bit of the history of our understanding of, of, of Samaritans in the gospel. But basically, Samaritans in the exile and what happened after that, basically the Jews, the, 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 the religious and the, um, the, the, the practicing Jews of that area in Jerusalem and Galilee and all that, consider the Samaritans kind of uh, uh, watered down like a watered-down faith, right? Because after the exile, they took on all kinds of other practices that weren't the Jewish law. And so they see them as uh, unacceptable, right? They are not practicing faith in the right way. And so Samaritans are unacceptable, by the way. Could you imagine being the Jew in the ditch who's beaten and broken after priests and Levites pass by, right? And here comes the Samaritan. Could you imagine the look or if he's unconscious at that time when he wakes up in bed in the inn and sees a Samaritan sitting across from him going, oh my God, <laughs> what, what happened? You know, he, was, he was beaten and robbed probably by other Jews, but here's a Samaritan now, the, the, the unacceptable person, the foreigner, the stranger, the, one, the unclean person who's now caring for him or her, right? So it's just fascinating. Anyways, okay, what else is unacceptable? And here's where it gets a little bit more challenging. The reason why the priest and the Levite, it says, pass by on the opposite side is because they're doing what's acceptable. Okay? Priest and the Levite are on their way to Jerusalem and to the temple. If, as the laws say, what is acceptable in the institution right, the establishment, the religion, the Jewish practice, and the Jewish law, it is not acceptable for them to touch blood or they will be unclean. It's not acceptable for them to, uh, if someone's dying, to touch death or they are unclean and they're not able to do their practice of priesthood or Levite, whatever that is in the temple. Are you following that? Are you following? That's very important, right? So they are actually following what is acceptable. And following what is acceptable, they ignore what they should be doing or helping or something, right? So you see what I mean when I say there is something about discipleship. There is always going to be something about the gospel that is not acceptable. <laughs> the not acceptable Samaritan was the one who did it because he wasn't bound by all of those other things that were acceptable. And I, now I say that in the context of just think for a moment about our own lives. You know, think about the the, the, the mores or the, what, what is acceptable and unacceptable in society right now, right? Think about, think about sometimes even what's acceptable or unacceptable in our own religion, right? Our own Christian and Catholic religion. And, think how we, and again, I'm not saying all those things are bad. I'm not saying, Michael, Father Michael's not saying don't follow the law, right? That, but, but sometimes, 
sometimes there's a conflict that happens between these institutions and these practices and these laws and what we could and should be and do as radical disciples and followers of the Lord. I'm going to go one step further here, one step further, because you probably know when you should be doing something or not be doing something, something of discipleship, something of the gospel, something of love and mercy, whether you choose to act on that or not. And here's, here's, here's just a little bit of depth to that one. First of all, in Luke's gospel, the word for mercy, believe it or not, the Greek word for mercy is only used two times. It's used once in this parable, and the second time it's used is actually in another great mercy, which is the, the father, the, the welcoming father who welcomes the prodigal son as he returns. Those are the only two times the word mercy is used in Luke's gospel. Although Luke's gospel shows Jesus as more profoundly merciful, that's the portrait that, that Luke shows, the merciful Christ, more so than any of the gospel writers. But the word, the Greek word for mercy, is actually just used here and just used in that parable. That word for mercy, believe it or not, is the same root for womb. For womb. Right? We heard from Deuteronomy that the law, the real law, that God has given us is not far it's not up in the sky. It's not undiscernible or unattainable, right? As a matter of fact, the way Deuteronomy expresses it, it says that it is close. It's on your mouth and it's in your heart, right? Now that, to me, is that the law is inside of us, our souls, our beings, our wombs, our guts, right? And very often what happens is some, we, as we're walking through our lives, these ordinary lives of, of however we live, whatever our vocation, whatever our jobs are, no matter what, like, we have things that we know stir inside of us. And very often, that stirring and that movement is love. It's mercy. It's the grace and the power of God. But oftentimes, what we do is because of what is acceptable and unacceptable because of these rules and, and, and laws that we think we need to follow, we resist and hesitate, right? Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? Am I crazy? It happens to me all the time, right? Where, where I, I, something says mercy, compassion, grace, and I go, uh-oh, no, I can't do that. Uh, no, so how will people look at me, right? What would, what would somebody say, uh, you know? <laughs> And yet, the call is to discipleship. There's something about discipleship that will always be, there's something about the gospel that will always be unacceptable. And that is unacceptable. As God's people, we stand and profess one faith. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things are made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. 
I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The compassion of our God is for us and for all. We bring these needs and prayers of petition. For unity and reconciliation among Christians, we pray, hear us, O Lord. For an end to the war in Ukraine and for all who suffer from the wounds of war all over the world, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For an end to gun violence, healing for the community of Highland Park, Illinois, and new ways to work together as a nation, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. We go forth for an increase in safety, nurture, and support for all children, born or unborn, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. For all of those who have died in our parish community, especially Regis Redlinger, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. And we remember today Leo Kalupa and all the attentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now. now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray, pray for, for us. us. Please join in singing The Dwelling Place, number 678 in the Blue Hymnal.
With Christ in one another, we offer our gifts and lives. Pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look upon the offerings of your church, Lord, as she makes her prayer to you. Grant that when consumed by those who believe, they may bring ever greater holiness through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty, our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For just as through your beloved Son, you created the human race, so also through him with great goodness, you form it anew. So it is right that all creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, all the saints with one heart bless you. Therefore, we too extol you with all of the angels and saints as in joyful celebration, we acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, once more giving thanks. He gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Therefore, therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, David, our Bishop, clergy, with all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy, welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, 
we too may be co-heirs to eternal life to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. 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 Moving towards greater unity within the Lord and with one another at the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy, we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sin, but on the faith of your church. Grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. We offer one another some sign of Christ's peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my life, but only say the word and my soul shall An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are in the blessed sacrament. I love you above, above all things and I long for you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. As though you have already come, I embrace you and unite myself entirely to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Please join in singing the summons, number 790 in the blue hymnal.
Together, let us please stand as we're able and let us pray. Having consumed these gifts, we pray, O Lord, that by our participation in this mystery, its saving effects upon us may grow through Christ our Lord. So this week, your between Sunday homework is to do something unacceptable out of love and mercy. Don't get arrested for it. Thank you. Out of love and mercy. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our closing hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore You, number 614 in the Blue Hymnal.